Welcome to Profiling Criminal Minds. I'm Dan. And I'm Sheila. I'm Dr. Redmond. <laughs> oh! Yes. You're we... already prepped for us to be talking about Hunters this weekend. Oh, yes. Yes. I she's feel... halfway through, hun- more than halfway through Hunters. So she's very excited to talk about this first season. Which uh, So look for that sometime uh, maybe earlier this week, since I just realized we're recording an episode that's coming up next Thursday. Yeah. We might actually post post the Hunters one on Tuesday as a bonus episode. So mm. hadn't really thought about that. Uh, but anyway, might be next week. It might be next week, depending on her schedule. Oh, uh, yeah, we are here to talk uh, about uh, Cracker. And here's the thing. We knew this was coming. Because we we remembered there being fallow parts of Cracker, you know, highs and lows. And surprise, surprise, the first cracker that I wouldn't say is one of the best episodes of television I've seen is an episode that wasn't written by Jimmy McGovern. Yeah. Uh, I assume you felt the same way. Well, I thought it was. There's interesting stuff in here, and I'm not claiming there's not. I mean, it's a subject matter close to both. No, that we both find very fascinating, right? But, but the extra, like the the ridiculous show off. Well, I mean, we'll we'll talk about it in a bit, right? But okay, I'm I'm just gonna say what pissed me off about this episode. Okay, they didn't have the guts to just make him be a religious leader. Like the villain is a religious leader who molests girls and murders somebody, and murders one of them. And then, but they have to have this extra layer where instead of just being a religious leader, he's a guy who's obsessed with the physics of the creation of the universe and doesn't believe in God. And and it's like, it's trying to say, well, he's evil because, I mean, you can read it as them saying, well, he's evil because he's only a pretend Christian. And that really pissed me off. So I'm like, there is nothing, nothing about his faith in his his belief in you know the the point in the universe immediately before the big bang when nothing existed and his obsession with you know nothingness and his decide to be uh, his decision to become hedonistic and obsessed with sex with teenage girls because he believes in nothing like none of that affects his crimes and comments on what he did and why people follow him because spoiler alert no one who follows him believes the same things he de- does and has the same feelings about, you know, nothingness, except for this one kid who's, you know, mentally ill. And again, like, had this, and because he's part of this strange ultra-niche belief that is effectively made up by the writer, you lose the ability to comment on how religious cults actively exist to groom young women and trap them in marriages with old men. Like that's like it's it's built around like so many religious cults are built around the explo- exploitation of this women. And the episode could have commented on that, but they muddy it all up by having him be this like adding in this extra detail where he believes this bizarre cult about the meaninglessness of the universe. And I don't see I mean, hey, if you think I'm wrong here, feel free to tell me. I don't see how that adds anything to the story whatsoever all i see it doing is subtracting the story's ability to say something incisive about actual christian cults that people have to deal with every day in their lives 
Uh, it, I, I, hopefully we're seeing my face. <laughs> well, I'm seeing your face. I, I'm They're not seeing your face. So well, you're going to have to say something. No, I was going to, I was going to say, yes. Um, okay. What do I want to say about it is, yeah, I mean, you're dead right. It, there was absolutely no reason for this universe stuff. I think some somebody thought it was cute. Somebody thought didn't think it through. That's all I yeah. can. I mean, I don't know what happened. I mean, even even the even the Fritz stuff is is not on substandard this week. Yeah, yeah. Even even all of that is substandard. Um, it's too abrupt. Mm-hmm. At like we're doing an overall critique before we get into the meat and potatoes because it was jarring to be let down by Cracker, a show that you didn't know had the ability to let you down until today, you know? So you're already halfway through the the second year. Yeah. And it and the minute you have to shift. Yes, I mean there is I guess that's the problem when you have, if you want consistency, you have to have the same or there, a continuity of writing. We've talked about this millions of times. Whenever you you see discontinuity in character structure. Mm-hmm. That's what causes it. It causes it when you bring in new writers who haven't got a clue. Well, it's like, Somebody you know, knows. I love Sherlock, right? Yep. I know it's not cool to love Sherlock anymore. I don't, not 100% sure why. It's just beautifully structured, beautifully written television. But it's like, what people forget oh, about Oh, no, Sherlock... no. I know why they don't like Sherlock anymore. Oh, okay. We, well, because because they don't like Doctor Strange. <laughs> okay, maybe that's it. Uh, but anyway. There is a correlation if you take a look. And they yeah. might be causation. But you'd be... You'd it's not cool to be uh, like Sherlock anymore because Doctor Strange is so meh. Yeah, Doctor so very Strange mid. is so meh. And how could, how could Cumberbatch do something so meh? So they're not That's obsessed with Cumberbatch Sherlock anymore. Must, okay, I see your point. Uh, that actually... Like, Sherlock must be meh then, right? Yeah, I see your logic. Okay. Because nobody watching these characters thinks... Well, you know, the people who wrote Doctor Strange are not the same people who wrote Sherlock. Sherlock, So why would it be the same? I know. understand actors just read their lines. They don't create. They create characters out of the lines that they are given. It's true. It is the writers and the directors who determine the structure and the strategy of any character. That's true. And the point I was getting at, right, is okay. this, uh, the, no, no, the point I was getting at was that in the first season of Sherlock, you have two all time, like the first episode of Sherlock is just one of the best pilots. It's so good. It pulls you into the world, teaches you everything you yep. need to know about all of the characters, just a magnificent piece of work. And the third episode of Sherlock, where he solves eight cases in 90 minutes while Moriarty is introduced is like, again, <laughs> one of the best things but what people forget is between those two episodes is this sherlock episode that like 
nobody talks about and nobody thinks about and people kind of pretend didn't happen <laughs> where there's like a bunch of Chinese gangsters and some stolen <laughs> like silverware or like not ceramics or something just just a terrible episode of television that no one has ever watched twice you know <laughs> and that was the same thing where it's like because the show was created by Mark Gaddis and Stephen Moffat and then there was another writer who came on to do the middle one and it's trash and there's a reason the rest of the show is pretty much just written by those two guys who are the creators in British TV like the writers are powerful enough that when you watch a British TV show as a general rule uh, like watch any episode of Doctor Who you'll see the title of the episode and it'll say bye and yeah. it'll say the name of the writer it is an authorial credit they don't give the they don't do this a film by the director nonsense that uh, people do in America right in uh, England especially British TV the writer gets all the credit and if you watch every episode of Cracker it starts with the episode saying Cracker by Jimmy McGovern and I think it's worth noting that the first the moment of this episode, it doesn't say by the guy who wrote it. It says written by the guy who wrote it because they're not giving a possessory ep credit to an episode of Cracker to anybody but Jimmy McGovern because it's his show. Even when there's another writer, no one thinks it's not Jimmy McGovern's show. And I think there's a reason it needs to be Jimmy McGovern's show. And the plot of this episode is my best evidence. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it, there's because to add it it was it was called Gilding the Lily. Yeah. Now I do not know why they decided they needed to make it three episodes. Oh, you did not need three episodes to tell this story. Not uh, only if you add this stupid business, you know. Um you know, well, no, but it's like they spend so much time with the the killers and their victim without like telling us anything about these people yeah i know it's this weird mix where it's like we're seeing a ton of these characters without actually learning anything about them or their interactions yeah it's very weird well okay i mean maybe we're just not going to bother talking about the episode because... oh, no we got to talk about the episode okay let's let's get through the episode no but here's the other thing how the hell does cracker come up with some of this stuff when you don't really see any evidence of it. I know. Like, if, like I'm going, okay, with all the other killers, you can understand how the other guys don't see it, but Cracker sees it. Yeah. And I am not happy that Beck is back. Yeah, but you get why he's back. And they actually do start pointing out the, uh, yeah. that like everybody knows he got their governor killed. Yeah. And they've decided, you know, not to blame him because everybody covers for Beck because cops look out for each other. Yes, including Penn Halligan. Yep. Oof. It's not cool. Uh, but yeah, so Beck is back. Uh, but yeah, like, so the episode starts, um, a teenage girl is having sex with the guy who runs a church who's also the principal of her school. So, you know, creepy groomer, child molester, just the worst of the worst, this guy. Yeah. And they're witnessed by one of the women who, well, you know. Okay, now just wait a sec, though. Uh, let's, I mean, let's kind of set it up because you just see this woman walking in the woods. Yeah. 
Okay, she's just walking in the woods to go somewhere. She's taking mm -hmm. a shortcut and she sees this. Yeah. And she's like, she's stunned. And there is no indication, you know, anyway, we'll we'll get to that later. But we'll she, get to that. But you, I mean, if you were just accident. watching this episode, she it accident. looks like a complete accident. Yeah. And I suspect it was a complete accident. I'm not going to say that she was following him or her. No. I, think I mean, you say that, but he had the cat. She had a camera with her yeah, ready to go. Yeah, she has a camera with her everywhere. There you go. You know, some some people like, do. Well, those little little baby. We all now carry cameras with us everywhere. Yeah, but this is 1995. Yeah, but even so, you carry those little ones. Yes, but almost nobody did. Is my point. It's very convenient for the story that she was carrying a camera is what I'm saying when it's a very rare thing. Well, and if this woman, his sister, who is like his sister-in-law had been specifically following him because of, you know, uh, the yeah, obvious but now, jealousy but, but and obsession. Yeah. Well, yeah, but you know, we'll get to that too. Okay. You know, give me a break. I mean, <laughs> I'm going, I see no indication of any of that crap. No, I know. I'm just saying Whatsoever. it makes more it sense story. narratively that it is framed. You're right that it is framed that she just happens upon this. But everything about the plot suggests that she should be like stalking him. Well, yeah, of course. But. But that's not what we see. And it's a question of is the show lying to us? Probably. Yeah. Or the writer just didn't think it through. Yeah, maybe. I mean, but yeah, but she sees, she takes some pictures, and then uh, they have a little meeting about how they're going to deal with this. Well, uh, she tells the meeting right away. Yeah, she tells her best friend, the uh, husband of the, the wife of the, the wife, man. yeah, the wife of the man <laughs> whose husband is the whose husband is the the guy, principal. you know, the principal slash pastor, and she's like, well, we've got to deal with this girl. And so they go and they just waylay her and they drag her into the house. I drag her into a car and pull her into the house and ask to conf and confront her. And of course, the girl thinks that he, the guy's going to leave his wife for her because that's what he said. And she says she's pregnant and this freaks everybody out, understandably. Right. And so their response. Oh, God. Yeah, and I know. I mean, it, like all all cracker episodes. I, we're not even going to suggest people bother watching it. And I, it's no. bad because yeah, the subject matter, if it had been handled well. Could have been incredibly powerful. Could have been incredibly powerful because you see how this man grooms yeah. these girls and he, and mm -hmm. how he, you know, and then you, but yeah, I mean, you're going really, really quickly through this whole thing, right? Because no, this is a whole episode's worth of content. Like this, this, all of this stuff I'm doing right up to them, you know, drugging her and the guy painting her body strangely, right? Uh, which we'll get into the strange body painting. And I'm like, what the hell was that? I mean, the strange body painting is so Cracker can figure out what's going on. But it's like, I can't explain why the character did it. Like, what is, it's not like the character is demonstrated to have an uncontrollable fixation with fractal patterns of the shape of the universe, like, but they expect us to believe that, oh, well, he's murdering this girl, so for his church service before murdering, he has to paint her body in this really strange, elaborate way 
representing the, no, the atomic weight. The man yeah, is like psychopath and is taking some great distinct pleasure in, I guess, putting all of this paint on her because he is going to kill her alive. She is oh, yeah. still alive when yeah. they, she is going to be, like, they didn't even put through a grinder. Her a drug to kill her. No, yeah. she was still alive when they put her in a box and we're going to shred her in a paper shredder. Yeah. I know. I'm well aware. It's it's unbelievable. And up. Like none of that is focused on. You would think Cracker would be focusing on that. Yeah, the fact that it's like this guy wanted her to die in the most horrible way possible. You think that would factor into his profile, but you're right. It never comes up. How? How does that part never come up? All right, so let's just let's get back to the plot. Oh, it's just... uh, all right, so they uh, they drug her with, um, and they can't like get good drugs. They literally just drug her with a massive overdose of Tylenol. Spoiler alert, everybody. Tylenol can kill you if you take even a moderate amount more than you're supposed to. As a general rule, unless you have a stomach problem that means you can't take Advil, you should never take Tylenol. Uh, it's a real bad drug. Just putting except, it out there. Except sometimes you can't take Advil. Advil. I know. That's what I just said. Yeah. yeah. No, and there are people who can't take Advil uh, or aspirin. And that's the only reason you should ever use Tylenol. I just want to point out, fun fact, uh, globally, the number one cause of liver failure is hepatitis. Globally, the number two cause of uh, liver failure is Tylenol. Because people think, oh, you know how you always think, oh, I could get really drunk and I'll take an aspirin. I won't have a hangover tomorrow. Uh, some people, uh, yeah, no, no, an aspirin, it's fine. It's not going to hurt you. If you do that with a Tylenol, you will wake up without a liver. So just FYI, uh, don't take Tylenol when you have had any drug of any kind because it screws up your liver function. And it's like, and it sounds like I shouldn't have to say this, but I do have to say this because this is what's causing all of the liver failure. People taking Tylenol when they've had a bunch of booze or a bunch of drugs. So don't do it. Don't take Tylenol. And they, in fact, poison and kill this girl with Tylenol. I mean, she doesn't die immediately, but they damage her body enough that she does die. Well, and they cause an abortion. Two. Oh, yeah. And they give her the abortion drug, too. Uh, they give her the abortion drug, too. But then they just poison her with Tylenol to kill her. And you're right. It's, like, freaking important to the guy's psychosis and the guy's, uh, you know, the, the entirety of the guy's, like mo that he would make that he would put her through this grinder alive like that he would not make sure she was dead first is because it's not just it's not just using a paper grinder to dispose of a body which would be disgusting enough it's to kill her which is just a nightmare no i mean the whole thing now what i would say right is that this whole business of these these people like first of all I do not see this man as that good looking. No, they act like he's super good looking. I'm like, you had to cast somebody else, guys. Yeah, if you wanted super good looking, you needed somebody else in that position. And there, there, there were people you, there are plenty of handsome men in England in, England. in the 90s who were in their 40s in who fact, you could have cast in this part. His brother is better. Better looking than he is. Yeah. You could have cast the brother as the lead guy and him as the brother. Like, He's just not handsome enough that you're buying this. That you're buying this and that somehow or another. All of these women are sexually obsessed he, with him. You know, or that he managed to 
to, to, to sweep this woman off her feet so much so that when he suggests that they have to kill this girl, but I mean, she does the typical thing that's going to happen in these. Of course, it's this girl who has seduced her husband. Oh, and yeah. No, the, the, and I mean, they do. I'll say they, they portray they the blaming that, the child really accurately. That part is very good. Yeah. Like, that's what made the rest of it. it so, made, so befuddling. And I, I guess I was kind of angry. That Just it like I was better. good. Yeah. You know, I I'm glad to hear it. To be a better episode. I wanted this. They should have left out, as you say, it was a two hour episode. And, and somehow or another, I guess whoever was writing it had to find something to stretch yeah. it out to the three hours. Yep. This is what he chose. And I the one scene that was so good, <laughs> the other scene, we could just talk about good scenes because <laughs> I know overall episode was very well, you want to talk about baffling. Just what a baffling episode this is. You're so the, the girl is reported missing, right? And so we see the cops going and interviewing the family because they're concerned. And during the entire time, uh the girl is gone missing. Like the interview about this girl who has disappeared, the father is watching a sports match on the TV and not paying attention to the fact that the cops are there to talk about his missing daughter. Now, your interpretation of that and my interpretation of that would be, oh, this is the kind of girl who gets in trouble a lot and has gone missing a lot. And that's why the father's reacting that way. But we quickly learn that that's not the case. No. That is not who she is. She, you know, uh, spotless room, devout, goes to her weird religious cult, you know, multiple times a week for various services and activities. So it's like, and then you're thinking, okay, well, then why is the father so disinterested in the fact that his daughter is missing? And you're like, I can't wait for Fitz to talk to this dad and find out what's going on with the dad and get some explanation of what's going on with the daughter too. And then that never happens. It never happens. Fitz just says, well, what Fitz says, oh yeah, well, you know, like he's just avoidance. It's just avoidance. He's avoiding dealing with the issue because the second time that they, when Fitz goes and he's there and he's still watching sports, he does interact once or twice. Yeah, so but no, but we never get we never get an explanation of what it means. No, which I is know. what this whole show is supposed to be about. I know. Such a frustrating episode. Well, probably this writer wanted to put his own stamp on it rather than <laughs> maybe Jimmy McGovern. Big mistake. Really big mistake. Big. Uh, so the there's a guy who is uh, mentally disabled in one way or another. Like we never really get any details of his history uh, who goes to the church and he works for the brother who has the, the packing factory. Yeah. And so the brother clearly is uncomfortable with all of this. So he assigns this uh, mentally disabled guy to get rid of the body. And of course the guy can't go through with it because he had a crush on the girl. And, and it's perfectly obvious. And the payoff is later that this is what's happened. Uh, that the, the brother did that on purpose. Like he couldn't, he is. And again, maybe if we had spent more time interviewing the people, we sh uh, could understand more how this guy was so completely in the sway of his brother that he was afraid to let go of the girl, to let the girl go himself. And he had to like create a situation where the girl would get let go. Yeah. Which is what he does. 
But it's like, why is, where does this come from? What is their backstory? If we had had a bunch of interviews and find out more about the characters, it would have been really interesting and it would have felt like an episode of Cracker. Number one, the, the, this, the, this principal cult leader, whatever he is. He's both. First of all, you can't believe that, that he's that good looking. No, he just doesn't all, have the charisma. He doesn't have the charisma. How is he able to get all of these people to obey him? Like you just, like you have no sense. I mean, I understand his wife. Yeah. But I don't understand. Well, I mean, to make the brother, you could, if, if they thought this through, right, you could make it so he had abused his brother his entire life. And his brother is essentially his slave. Yeah. And so when he married this one woman, this other woman was obsessed with uh, him. He assigned the woman to his brother again, because he'd been essentially running this creepy sex cult his entire life. And just found a way to make it more and more effective over the years. Had they gone into these characters, we would have found that out, and it would have been really interesting. And you might have you yeah. might have been able to pull three episodes out of it if you'd gone a different way. But use yeah. this this nihilistic thing, and where you get the kid who's drawn it all over his walls and stuff. So yeah. Beck, of course, then can then believe that the kid is the killer and then well, that's the only reason uh, honestly it feels like that's the only reason it's written on the body is so that beck can say can see the things on the walls see the things on the body and say well he must be the killer and rough the guy up until he confesses and then commit suicide yeah like, oh my oh my god although really one really great line though mm -hmm. uh from uh from uh, Fitz, though, when he yeah. tells Beck that you're very much like a doctor uh, in that you bury your mistakes. Yeah. Damn. That was a great line. Like, I, good, for all our criticism. That was a great shot. I was glad there was at least that good shot. <laughs> yeah. And of course, that's what make, makes Beck realize that uh, everybody knows that he got Bill Burrow killed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's what makes it. And then Fitz is the one to reveal it. Oh. But yeah, it's like, it's it's such a contrived way to make them think this kid is the killer. Yeah. Like, it's, it's so contrived. Like, because you need him to have been so obsessed with the same universe stuff that he wrote it on the wall, and the guy so obsessed with the universe stuff that he wrote it on the body of his victim, right? Like, it's, it's all just, and it has nothing, and it takes it so far out of reality that it just frustrates me. Well, what was really cool though was that Fitz couldn't figure out what it meant, but his son did. Yeah, it's a nice scene, but it's it feels not, like the nice kind of scene. scene. But it's, it feels like a scene that could have happened in any show. Yeah, you know. Yeah. No, I'm I'm not even saying that. I'm just going, okay, Fitz. You know, because. But he, he, you know what a much better version of this is? Can do all of the religious people who are high status. Just flat out frame the mentally ill kid. They just tell the cops that the mentally ill kid was obsessed with the girl and they bet he probably did it. That makes more sense. It feels more real. It would go into the corruption in British society. Beck uh, is, would 100% believe them when they said it because they're high status and the kid is low status and the kid has mental problems. Like, instead of having this extra 
you know, oh, well, we have to have this thing drawn on her so that can coincidentally oh, no, match the wall. Blah, draws, just... draws it all over his... his Yeah. What? Wall? Room? Floor? Exactly. Like, he's obsessed I, with I it. I don't Instead, know. All you had to do was have the guy, at, and there is one nice thing with the guy, where he tries to, he's so distraught over what happened to the girl that he tries to burn the building down. When he finds right. out she's dead, because when he she, finds out, yeah, do find her, but she doesn't survive. No, she doesn't survive, and so he tries to burn the building down. Oh, actually, no, it's before she dies. It's when she's been found. He's just so freaked out about it because he tries to get the the cops to help her, and he calls when he calls about the fire. He says, "You have to help her." Yeah. And so, no, it's before she dies. Uh, but yes, but he's so distraught and so angry that he tries to burn the place down. And if this episode were smarter and didn't want to get into this nonsense about the universe that doesn't track or mean anything, lead to anything, they would have just had the villains use the opportunity of this guy setting this fire to tell the cops that he prob he was obsessed with the girl and probably killed her, which the cops would have believed. And then Beck would have abused him into confessing. Well, he you know? did abuse him into confessing oh no of course but i'm just saying beck didn't need evidence to do that he just needed the word of high status people yeah. and that would have at least again helped the episode had a point you know <laughs> like oh it's just honestly what the universe stuff it made me feel like the book jurassic park and i guess the movie jurassic park too where like he's having uh Right. Uh, he's he's have he's got this thing where he's recreated dinosaurs. And so he's like to check out the dinosaurs and invite John Hammond brings a paleontologist yeah. who's one of the world's best experts in uh, dinosaurs and a paleobotanist who botanist who's one of the world's foremost experts in the kind of plants that he's recreated from the past and a mathematician obsessed with chaos theory for no reason. And the answer is, it's because, Michael, there had been a very popular book about chaos theory, like a year before he started writing this. And Michael Crichton read it and really liked the book. And he just wanted to have to, a character saying all the stuff from that book in Jurassic Park. And in the same way, I kind of feel like maybe whoever wrote this was like really into like reading a Hawking Even thing Hawking. or something. Yes, had just oh, read. No, because they read. show the Hawking's book. Yes, yes, exactly. They had just written A Brief History of Time. He's like, yes. oh man, I should make it so the villain's motives are that they read A Brief History of Time. But but the guy doesn't even admit to having read A, <laughs> a Brief History of I know. You know it's so like, Cracker doesn't use that against him or anything. Like, You know, you, sh you should have you should have done it. That should have given cracker you see that whole way into this guy's head that the guy that the guy therefore is like psychotic yeah like like is a killer like and yep. that would be his okay so this guy's obsessed with a brief history of time um okay so what is that going to do to his mind and he's a pedophile as well you know a mm -hmm. pedophile i guess a teenager they girl. like us to say yeah grooming her and as as I mean, Cracker did say, he says, and I'll bet you you waited till she was 16 before you did anything. Yeah, because that's legal in the UK because the UK is messed up. And and what happens then is, of course, and, and we also see him grooming the next girl to replace him. Mm, her, yeah. Um, 
there's another girl and it's yeah, not the friend of the uh a friend of the existing girl yeah yeah he's already got the next one in, lined up yeah and it's just it it is just such a mess of and it's so horrible i mean they those two women throwing her down the stairs yep you know um and i would say even then i don't you see, you never get any indication that the sister-in-law is obsessed with him until, until we're Crocker just told it. it. Yeah, and I'm going, where did you get that from? And they could have set it up if, in the first scene, it had been made clear that she was stalking him. Yeah. Instead of them framing it as if she just stumbled upon this, and it's like, and you would, but of course, you would have had to massively differently play her and her friend like the pastor's wife the conversation they have but you know what a good writer could have done that but anyway and she's the best friend of this woman yeah she well, of course was. i had to tell you and uh yeah they were both obsessed with the same man and she he married one and handed the other one off to his brother to keep her on the hook and to keep her around and to keep her obsessed with him and again this is all stuff we're just told right at the end of the episode it's after, not set after, up at all. After two hours, we finally find out. <laughs> yeah. But it's like none of the work is done to set it up. No, none of none of the work. And Cracker just comes out with it and you're saying, say what? Okay, right, okay. And then, oh my God, the cracking scenes are so frustrating. Yeah. Because they're just, he he gets to the the wife by like, here's an audio tape of the next victim. And he gets to the friend by talking about how she was always sexually obsessed with him. And then goes to the brother and talks about, well, you know, it's like, it must be hard for you to live your entire life in the shadow of your brother. And then he gets to the guy and like uses none of the information he has to try and get the guy to confess. But I assumed that he was going to get the weak link confess to confess. But he doesn't. That stupid scene, right, of two to one and betting. And then it's all really because Fitz doesn't bet at all, except that he can get he can get the the villain to confess. Yeah. He can't get, you know, no, that should not have been it. I know. You know, it's just and the scenes with Cracker and his wife with Fitz and his wife. Yeah. Are just stupid. They are. Like they've got, I mean, this weird scene where they're where they're trying to say that, like, where he's practicing what he's going to say to his wife, and they're trying to do a thing where they're like, he has thought the whole conversation through because that's what he does, but then it doesn't work on her because she, she's already sent the house from under him, and it's like there's this whole thing where he she moves the daughter to a different school and he has to go looking for a daughter, and so because he's a strange man trying to pick up a girl at the new school, the cops come and accuse him of being a pedophile, and it's right. like. And it rests a minute and you watch it, you're like, this is so over the top. Yeah. You know, the wife leaves him screaming and he's going to sue the police and all yeah. this sort of stuff. And you're just going, you set this up. Did you set this up? No, I don't think you set this no. up. And then all of a sudden he says to Penn Halligan, I think it's over with my wife. And I'm in love with you. And I'm like, and I love you. Okay. That was abrupt. <laughs> That was abrupt. 
and she oh. falls for it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like and then like who thought that it was a good idea to do these mere major character shifts in an episode that wasn't written by Jimmy McGovern? Oh my god, it was oh, oh. It was so bad. Yeah, it's it's just not great. And it's, it's like just not a great episode. I think the best And by the way, like the fact that he could he gets the guy at the end, well he doesn't even get the guy. Like the guy gets away with it, spoiler alert. Uh but well, like well, he publicly he's... humiliates him by handing out the photos yeah of the guy sleeping with the the sister-in-law the girl. Yeah. Of him sleeping with the girl and so like all of his people who work for him are discussed who work for him who are in the cult you know in the church they're disgusted with him it's like that's not even true to how cults work they let the pastors get away with that crap all the time oh it is just so so and what happens you know um and then his brother sort of confesses his brother fully confesses yeah being part yeah. of it no yeah, i don't i'm not there sure. when they pour. I mean, well, he says that they poisoned him and then I was told to get rid of the body and then I assigned Doug to do it because I knew Doug wouldn't be able to go through with it. Yeah. And again, that would have been powerful if we had really gotten a window into the lifetime of abuse this guy had suffered at the hand of his brother and the fact that the his brother controlled him so thoroughly. But again, none of that's in the episode. No, no. And that finally, this guy, it was too much. This it was, was too just much. too much. And I think that you know, it is, um, there is an episode in here. Oh, God, a completely rewritten episode. Like, the plot? There, There's something here. Oh, yeah, no, I mean, I, 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 I mean, I can, I don't think we're going to bother doing it because, no. it's, first of all, it's 30 years old, so. I know, right? What's the um, point? What's the point? Uh, it's not Criminal Minds. It's not going on anymore. It's not. Yep. You know, um, yeah. But I will tell you that I just, I just sometimes sort of think about it and go, I'm watching it and just going, yeah, okay. So there's a, every now and then there's a good scene. Yep. Like that's it. I mean, the, but, but the stuff to hang the episode together and the cracker stuff just doesn't work. I mean, he just seems to come out. Out of, he's not around enough. He hasn't done enough interviews. Nope. Because they, he had this guy had almost three hours to do this. Yeah. So we should have seen more interviews. We should have seen, you know, the girl. I mean, the interview with the priest. No, he, mm -hmm. here's the other. I mean, that's the weird thing too. But I mean, the interview with the priest, her parish priest was yeah. actually quite good because he was the one that knew she was in the cult. Yeah. And that's why she wasn't coming to church and stuff, to mass, mm -hmm. right? Um, and then she reverts, of course, in the, in the whole thing to her Roman Catholicism. Um, and it is just, you know, and fits fine. And this stupid thing about grass coming from Isaiah. I and know. I like like all of it is like bits and pieces that's like this is the stage. Okay. So I'm thinking about this book and writing a book proposal. Yeah. Okay, this is the stage I'm at. I've got all these disparate pieces 
I've got a few good little things that I, I know that I want, but I'm going to have to find a way to hang it out. This is yeah. all together, make it all fit, make it all work from beginning to end, which is what Jimmy McGovern did. What he's always done. Yeah. What he's always In done. All of these great episodes we've seen. And this episode doesn't have that. No. I've never, I mean, it's funny because this, this of course, I mean, topic wise, this is all fitting into this was just another little piece to fit into that but yeah. as an episode it's like you're almost at a pre-draft stage and just batting around ideas oh, oh yeah. well, let's just, here here's a good idea here's a good idea here's a good idea okay let's just throw it together what the hell why make sense of it yeah i have no idea and it's not like they don't have now the only thing i can say because it is strange we don't know why Jimmy McGovern quit writing, right? Yeah. Like, we haven't looked into it at all. Maybe there's an no. answer. to, And, I mean, he does write more of these. It's not like we've seen yeah. the last Jimmy McGovern episode. Or he got like he got really sick. Yeah, and couldn't and write for whatever reason. Kind of. He only had the in embryo episode. Yeah. For this Maybe. one. Well, and we'll see who writes next week's. I haven't checked who writes next yeah, week. No, no, we haven't started that. We're, we're so yeah. I mean, we'll we'll save our theories until we see how many episodes he actually wrote this year. Yeah, because but, there may be something seriously wrong. Who knows? Like that, and, and that's the thing. Who knows? You know. So if you give, if you have an idea and you know in your head how it's all going, because I'm assuming he's working like I'm working too. Like I'm in this yeah. head, I've got all of this stuff. It's not yeah. together yet, but and he's written down stuff. Yeah, I've written down stuff. But if anybody else is to look at it, it's it like it would be oh, gibberish and that it's all completely disorganized and you wouldn't know how, and not how knowing how to format. Yeah, and not and I'm leaving out the critical parts because well, I know those in my head. I can, you know. Yeah. You'll just write those down at the important I can part. sleepwalk through it. It's the, Yeah, those halves, but that's the connective yeah. tissue that anyone looking at your notes would have no idea is supposed to be there, so how they did, don't know how okay, to format it. You got yeah. here. How the hell did she get here? Yeah. Right? No, I get it. Yeah. And that, that's how writing goes. Oh, totally. I, I mean, well, it's just for, even for fiction, well, fiction writers too, you know, yeah. like sometimes you... You know, so with some fiction writers, they, they will tell you flatly that they have no idea when they start a book. They've got a good idea. But they don't know where to it's start going. start the book. But they're not sure where it's going to go. Yeah, I mean, I've been How there. They're going to get you know? their char the characters developed by themselves almost. Yeah. No, I mean, Whereas I've started screenplays where I'm like, well, I, you know, I know basically what kind of movie I want, what the basic of the plot is. I know who a couple of the characters are. And then I just, it goes from there. Like yeah. the movie figures itself out. Yeah, it's weird. But it happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like again, until we don't I don't think we should speculate too much about why Jimmy McGovern's not writing this episode, but we can say without fear of being wrong, it would have been a better episode if he should have. Because it's like, look at and the 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 falling off of a precipice of going from last week, this unbelievably brutally incisive episode about a man who like was utterly destroyed by his relationship with his father and the fact that he felt abandoned by all society right and it's like and that fundamentally because i mean he wasn't it's not like he was a mine worker but he worked at a quarry and mm -hmm. the subtext of the episode is that thatcher and the neoliberals 
destroyed the ability of people to make have a respectable living in the UK. And then these guys just started looking for answers elsewhere and they found white supremacy yeah. and they found anti-immigrant violence, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, it, and in many ways, that's the um, wise guy. Yeah. I know. Wise guy's the exact same thing. America's heartland was destroyed. Like the Rust Belt, making yeah. Thunderbirds right there in the first episode. Yeah. We talked about how like crucial it is that they a problem that they didn't pay for the rights to make in Thunderbirds because it's like that's what the song's about, that's what it's about. You took away people's ability to make a living and you replaced it with nothing, and then the grifters show up to teach them about hate. Yeah. You know, <laughs> uh, it's it's frustrating and it's unbelievably frightening, and it's such a good portrait of it. Mm -hmm. Hence, we're doing hunters. Oh yeah, we really do have to. We really do have to do hunters. You're right. No, and it's it's frustrating watching the these episodes because last week was so good, you know. And again, like I that is an episode where understanding Albie is so important. I mean, it's not how they catch him, but it's so important to all of the characters and what the episode is trying to say. And so you have this beautifully written conversation between him and Fitz. And the thing is, by the time that conversation happens, Albie's been caught, you know, they find the bomb. There's nothing more he can do, but we need to hear it. Yeah. Like we need to understand the why now that he's caught. And at the same time, right, you have... There are times when the why matters and the times when it doesn't. And it's a whole episode about trying to figure out which is which. Well, because you, here, there is no why that we can understand at all. I know. I, I know, because, like, we never figure out the slightest thing about who. Well, no, and any I just I want to say I love any of them. Yeah. But it's like that beautiful choice to have in the same episode, the Albie episode, right? Her saying it doesn't matter why you do a good thing as long as you did a good thing yeah and fitz needing to know why this will need i mean he already knows why this bad thing happened but needing to prove that he's right about why this bad thing happened yeah like needing to prove that he's right about albie like it's just it's so powerful it really is and to go from that to this to, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say, well, it could have been an episode of Criminal Minds because it's not structured like an episode of Criminal Minds, but this could have been an episode of anything. Yeah. And, and, well, yeah. It, well, yes. If it had been an episode of Prime Suspect, it would have been six episodes long. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. The whole other conversation. But it's just like, the idea right and it felt like there were no stakes like remember season episode one season three where fitz comes into bill burr and he's like he didn't do it and bill burr is horrified by the idea and he uh uh and he says you know i can't allow for that possibility yeah. you know i can't allow for the possibility that he didn't do it right and it's like you understand the stakes of how everyone's lives will be torn apart. His career could be destroyed, right? If this in this giant case, this giant front page case, they announce that uh, the guy didn't do it. So you totally understand what Fitz is asking of him, right? 
and how much it damages their relationship as we go into the start of season two. This week, uh, a guy kills himself in police custody. And Fitz is like, I don't think he did it. And it's like, nobody cares yeah, whether he did it or not. I know. Like, you don't get a sense of, is there press, you know, about this pretty teenage girl who was brutally murdered in a, some kind of a cult ritual, maybe by a mental patient? Like, suddenly the press, which have been such a big part of the show, are completely absent from this story. And there's no stakes. And he's like, and they treat it literally as a joke that Fitz wants to keep investigating and figure out who really did it. The characters are literally laughing about the prospect. Like, this doesn't even feel like the same show. I know. Sorry, I just, this episode made me angry. Yeah. Because maybe I was expecting too much after those last four episodes. Well, but each one of those four episodes is so brilliant in its own way. Three, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, ten episodes, four arcs. Yeah, ten episodes, four arcs. Uh, three episodes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, two three episodes and two two episodes. Yeah, two three episodes and two and two episodes we've gotten one, so far. I, I couldn't believe that it was. I I just went. Is this like I was coming up to this? I was in the second episode and I'm going. Okay, is this really going to be three episodes? So I went to yeah. double check. Yes, <laughs> it's really going to be three episodes. Yeah. When we're watching, we're like, there's not enough story for three there's episodes. Not enough story in here. No. Once she is, there is no way that once she is, she is found and she has these weird. Well, even if she did, well, if she had these weird drawings, like none of that is handled realistically either. Yeah. You know, and the yelling at Fitz, you know, somehow or another, Penn Halligan knowing you can't push her and, and the way he's doing, the way he's dealing with, with this little girl. Yep. You know, because he are, I mean, theoretically, in theory, the Fitz of the episode before would have, have, understood just how fragile she was mm -hmm. and like i i couldn't stand that the writing of that scene yep when he's pushing her right no he should have been pushing her differently yeah and jimmy mcgovern obviously could have written that betterly yeah. to like get the information out in a sympathetic way by talking about who she was and what her needs were and why she was, why she decided to believe in it. Perhaps because of the relationship with her father that we never get explained in any way, shape no, or and, form. And basically, and you know, and why this father was so completely disconnected from her life that it made her look for male attention somewhere else. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, he says, Oh yeah, they hit you, but they loved you. Oh, that's seriously. Seriously? You're gonna you're gonna pull that nonsense, but it's like and again the stuff with her father. I don't know why that bothered me so much, just because it was so obviously fertile ground mm -hmm. that it's like who is this guy that is so completely disconnected from his daughter's life that he's not paying attention to the cops who are there to investigate her disappearance, and why has that made her look for help first from the becoming an obsessive person going to the church? you know, her local church, and then to this cult. It's like, there's 
there's stuff there to dig into that Fitz could have used on her to try and get through to her and say he understands her and, you know, be the first person to really listen to her and connect to her. That's supposed to be his whole thing. Yes. And how sad she is that she's lost the baby. Yes. Because again, why was the baby so important to her? Why? Yeah. Why was the baby so important? Is it just because God or is because she needed someone that she could find, like, that she would actually feel connected to for the first time in her life because she's had this uh, whole thing growing up with these parents who she felt like a stranger in her own house. That's the implication when you see her bedroom, but like it, that never plays that never gets explored. Like again, we can fix this episode. Yeah. Oh, we really well, good. Yeah. I know There's stuff I- here. Yes. But, However, we'll, we, if we tried to fix this episode, we'd be here forever. No, well, I know you're right. We could do it. We could. No, write. you're right. It could clearly be done. But the problem is, right? It's like, but it's if only this guy hadn't read a brief history of time, then yeah. we might have had a decent episode here. Yeah. Because his focus on this weird cult stuff kept him from going into okay, but yeah, who is this guy that he would decide to become obsessed? with this cult you know because he hadn't felt this way his whole life and his brother has obviously been subservient to him his whole life so when did that start why did that start how did that start how did this become you know the defining character like what was the messed up way the two of these kids grew up that his entire life became about obsessively controlling everything around him you know i mean it was just so bad. Fitz picking the wrong targets rather than, you yeah. know, you had, I mean, oh, anyway, yes. It was not a happy episode for us. From Legit. No, I mean, I'll say it. It's, just, it's a bad episode. Yeah. You know, it's and just a. We walk out of, we out walk out of every episode of Fitz going, it's a downer. Jesus, it's depressing. But boy, it was well done. This one yeah. was going. No. Whatever was missed. There is a like, core of something here that could have worked and it's and it got lost. Like, think of the power of that Bonnie and Clyde episode. Oh, like, geez. the power of that episode yeah. of letting us get to know these killers. And it's like the power in that and the understanding of the messed up childhoods that brought us to this place. And then you've got a villain this week who we never learn a thing about. No. And again, there can be power in that, you know, but that's not what the show's about. It's a very different show. It's like the show is just happy with him being a villain with a weird theme. And I'm like, okay, but that's not what we're here for. Yeah. That is so profoundly not what we're supposed to be here for. We're not here for a villain with a clever theme. You know, we're here for Cracker. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like this isn't criminal minds where it's like, oh, well, this week is someone who pours bleach down someone's throat because that is because they got a girl drunk. Done. Okay, fine. You know? It's weird that that's the one I went to, isn't it? Like, I could have gone Scarecrow. I could have gone the guy who freezes people. I could have gone the guy who is obsessed with running people over. I could have gone Mitch Pileggi and his, you know, uh, freeway vigilante nonsense. <laughs> nope. 
I went with the lady who pours bleach down someone's throat because I'm obsessed with that scene to this day. Because JJ says, you know, if we interpret pouring bleach down someone's throat as a form of poisoning, then that could mean it's a woman because woman because women mainly poison their victims. <laughs> Maybe the single worst line <laughs> that JJ ever had to say. <laughs> Or at least it's up there. But, yeah, it's up there. As we say, I don't know how she got through some of the stuff with the face. We do not envy her. We do not envy AJ Cook for the no. lines she had to read over the years. No way. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, she thought of it like poison. Uh, bleach is poison. <laughs> for uh, but, yeah, all of the... When you say poison, women are known to poison because they can't physically overpower people. But she's sneaking up on 200-pound men in parking lots and tasing them and lifting them into the bed of a pickup truck <laughs> and dragging them into a basement and hanging them from a hook. None of which we see for very obvious reasons. <laughs> oh my god, that episode. <laughs> it's like, the fact that, you know... I'm talking about a themed killer just shows you how mediocre this episode was. Yeah. You know? Well, I, I told you, yes, you could put this in the mediocre list of, of uh, crime suspect or, you know, or an yeah. episode of criminal minds. Know, criminal minds or, you know, just like just a particularly yeah. into one, one and in, into 43 minutes. <laughs> that would be a little tough, but you know what? Maybe they could do it. Criminal minds can do it. Come on. Yeah, criminal minds. They could cram this into 43 minutes. I'm sure you're right. Uh it wouldn't make any sense, but it doesn't make any sense now. It makes sense. <laughs> no, it, it makes very little sense now. You're right. But I mean, I will say, okay, to be fair, <laughs> the show is not. I mean, we're we're being very mean, and we're only being very mean because we're very disappointed. Because yeah. there has been a level of quality we've been forced to assume. And I can say. I will say, and I will agree with you on this, the thing you pointed out, and I agreed with you, I think, right away already, but I just want to restate how good it is. The, the way that, like, everyone hops on board that the only thing to do in this situation is to blame the teenage girl and that everyone is 100% down with blaming the teenage girl and all the husband has to say is that he was tempted yeah. and he's fallen and, you know, well, that's fine. Obviously, the teenage girl is the problem. Of course. That felt incredibly true. Oh, yeah. She went after him, of course. Yeah. Oh, no. Of course she did. Of course she did. But she, she tempted him. And she, you know, she chased after him and she tempted him. And who could blame her? Because he's so handsome a man. And she, like the way all of these characters rationalize yeah. what this man did. And they they fall all over themselves to make excuses for him. That just felt true. Oh no! Oh, oh! Like I, there are parts of it. This is why I got so pissed off about it. Is that it could have been a really good and powerful. It could have been an episode as powerful as the one previous with, you know, with Al, Albie. Oh yeah, with Albie. It yeah, yeah. Last week. It could have been that good. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um. Because if. But it had to focus on the killer. Yeah. We had to see him grooming. 
not see him being scared and suspicious and manhandling his congregation. Show us how he manipulates people. Show us how he manipulates these girls. Like we get... And the women. 20 seconds of that. And the other two women, yes. And his brother, like, this guy is supposed to be a master of manipulating and controlling people. We don't see any of that. Yeah, and he certainly wasn't a master of manipulating uh, uh, Jimmy. Uh, the, no. Yeah. Yeah. No, not at all. They wanted to blame. Yeah, like he certainly wasn't there for that. So, you know, what is this guy? Where does this guy's power come from? And you had to be a great writer to do that. And I just don't think this guy had what it took well, to make this episode what it needed to be. Yeah. It, there is a there is something that Cracker follows. It's I mean all you have to do, as you say, look at Bonnie and Clyde, look at the Alby, look at all of it, even that first one. Yep, the very first episode there with is, the Amnesiac. The it, there is something that has been set up here that needs to be kept close. Maybe um, he was. Um, sort of decided was just handed and said create a create an episode here's an yeah. episode. And maybe the poor guy was was stuck and had overwhelmed a, and yeah, didn't know what to do with it three or four days to do it in you know, <laughs> well it wouldn't be three or four days it is three episodes but yes well you know what uh, i do i do know what schedules like i did have i did once have 48 hours to write an episode of television so yeah you know <laughs> i mean that does Things like that have happened. But then again, well, you know, I had an outline, so it wasn't that hard. No. Uh, here's the but, outline, write it. Yeah, here's the outline. I need this in 48 hours. Done. <laughs> uh, and well, I mean, and the good part there was it's like I knew they were going to be shooting it in three weeks. So there wasn't going to be much time to rewrite my work. So that actually felt pretty good. <laughs> uh, but yes, if I had had more time, I would have done a better job. And I think I did fine for 48 hours. You did better than. <laughs> Well, it aired without any changes. Let's yeah. just say that. Yeah, let's <laughs> anyway. put it that way. I mean, compared to a few of the others, they, I, yeah. I think they were happy they didn't have to do any work <laughs> on yours because they had a couple of so them. much other work they needed to do on others. That's true. Yeah. But yeah, no, like it, there happened. are crunches and there are things like that. You're right. Stuff like that happens. But this episode, it could have been something special and their inability. Right. Their inability to make it work is just so frustrating when you see them be, be so close to great. Yeah. And that's it. it like it just feels well, the, the word I often use is perfunctory. Yeah. Okay. That's a good that's a good description. That's how it feels. Outside yeah. of messy, and you can't and half the time you don't know anything. You're you're so used to having motivation from crackers. Yeah. And here you don't. Yeah. No, you're right. And I think something worth pointing out is like, you just now, yeah. Expository as opposed to just revelatory. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like thinking about what this show could have done and like if they had not messed around with this. And it's like if Cracker had got a scene of talking about, I mean, because it's it's a favorite topic of ours. So imagine if we had gotten to scene about Cracker talking about 
how these religions, how it's like these religions get built to control women, you know? And it's like, that's something he would have loved to, the character of Fitz we know about would love to. And it's like how this guy spent his whole life, you know, creeping on women and controlling women and then decided to turn pro at it by starting his own religion, because that way you can do it with uh, complete impunity and no one will ever get in your way, which is God, true because God yeah. says so. As God says so, it's in the book I've been reading. I've been reading all of these books recently, and I'm going, yeah, we've been tackling this. Yeah. I, I'm not it's going like, to say it in our podcast, because no. there are some members of our podcast that could be offended by a few things I would like to say right now. When the book is done, <laughs> not only will we tell people where to buy your book, but also, you know, there'll be a bibliography resources if they want to learn more. But it's like, like, cause you can, you can't, you can't tell me you can't imagine Fitz saying, you know, uh, it's like the best way in the world to get to control women is to just start oh, yeah. your own religion. I'm surprised more pedophiles don't do it. Yeah. yeah I Yes. There's a line. There's a cracker line. That's the there's kind of thing Fitz line. would say. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know, you're a teacher, you molest a girl, you, uh, right. You go to jail. If you're a religious leader and you, uh, you know, molest a girl, you know, they they excommunicate her and everyone apologizes to you. Yes. Or, or they stand her in front of the up. Uh, you see, here's the thing, right? In so many of these groups, what they will do is if it, if it's found out the woman, what they did to this little girl in making her see there, there's such a core of realism in here yeah. that that's probably what pisses me off. They abusing her until somebody, she apologizes yeah they will stand somebody up in the congregation and they have to apologize for telling on their father yep you know and for causing um harm to the body of the church right yeah and you're damaging the family all of these things that you saw going on there around that's all the, completely true table yeah. is based on what happened yeah, it happens all the time. Mm -hmm. I just got another book that's probably going to send me around the bend. It just, <laughs> I just picked it up at the library on yeah. Wednesday, and I opened it up just a little while ago, looking at the beginning of it and going, "Oh well." Oh, this is going to be a mess. Meta analysis. I think I got a book. <laughs> it so yeah, I mean, the thing is, if you've listened to this show at all, first off, thanks for coming back. We do really appreciate it. Uh, you know, A, we're more knowledgeable about and interested in these religious topics than I think most of the people watching these shows are going to be. Right. And as a consequence, we'll, yeah. uh, <laughs> and as a consequence, we're going to be harder on shows that try it and do it badly. And that's what's so frustrating about this show. Because it has done like, everything else so well. So well. Like, again, Albie is a monster that the show understands exactly how he got made. Albie is a monster. When it is over, it, yeah. it's not a question of feeling sorry for him, but you understand. How it happened. And you just wish you wish people could have intervened to keep this from happening. And yeah. that's how you feel about all, well, not all, but most of these killers. 
That's what you felt about the Bonnie and Clyde killers. Oh, that's sure. That's damn sure what you felt about that that poor teacher and Tim. Oh, poor Tim. The trans. Oh, poor Tim. The trans girl. Oh my God. So so unbelievably tragic that episode. Yep. And it's like, and then you come away from this one, and I don't know what the hell I was watching when it comes to that killer. No. You know, like you needed scenes of him talking to the killer and then talking to the brother and then talking to the wife and going back and forth between them and finding out what is the psychosexual his monstrosity history that created the mess that this little girl got roped into. Yeah. Oh, and and shall we point out about Fitz's last sort of statement? Oh, no, he'll get away with it. Yeah, because said, it'll be he said, she said. Yeah, well, no, it's not he said, she oh, said. Oh, no, it'll it'll be the brother says X, Y, and Z, and all of the women will defend him, so he'll get away with it. Yeah, I know. That's what they, that's what they yeah, say. That's what Fitz but, says. But I will tell you, I will tell you that juries are not necessarily... Like this is because all they have to do is show show pictures of that girl because who would have believed she was 18? I know. Okay, all they have to do, they've got all of those, all of those photographs. Yeah. And all of those photographs are not gonna go over with a jury well. Not gonna no. go well over with a jury. Yeah. And, and, and that's I know. And it's like that that's the thing that bothered me the most too, where Fitz is that and I'm like, uh all of the pictures of him having sex with a child what? yes it's legal because this is the uk and 16 is the age of consent because the uk is backwards but still uh when the brother says she got pregnant and then he murdered her and asked me to get rid of the body here's the pictures of him having sex with this child yeah. you know yeah i you're right i think the jury will believe it yeah, the jury the jury's gonna gonna send him to jail now the women and they're all going to rally around him and they're all going to say he was framed. God only knows there are always, there are yeah. always people who are going to say he was framed. Yep. Right? Oh, absolutely. His church, most of them will leave him. Oh yeah. But there will be some that will just who stay and stand by him. Their Bible vigils and they will go once a year on the, on the day he was sent to prison and they will stand outside the prison and they and will talk, talk about, about martyrdom. Yeah. About his martyrdom, blah, 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 blah. Yes, of course that's true. But that I can't true. a jury given everything we were given, giving the, the, the jury would let him walk. No, you're right. And, and I was wrong about that. You're completely right. And because his brother is going to tell the story about why, what his brother wanted to do to her yep oh yeah alive oh now, yeah the fact that the mentally ill that jimmy couldn't couldn't figure out he should have taken her to the hospital yeah but he's meant i mean he's really strangely he's he's kind of a weird savant yeah and and at the same time he can't he cannot seem to get his ideas out he frames everything and that was the only good scene with Fitz. Yeah. Was when Fitz understood what Jimmy was doing with the mirror and Fitz created created that mirror. He could uh, finally so he could finally talk about himself. He could talk about himself. 
fixes yeah. this is the mirror now what do you see and then and only by distancing it you know and having that level of removal from his own persona is yeah. he able to talk about himself and that's a really interesting idea yeah and that's the only only fit scene that sounded like fits yep oh totally all the other <sighs> didn't so yes this has been a bitch session it really has sorry about this everybody but you know we're no, right no, in there well, no, come on uh, come on okay we're not that sorry come on no we're not that sorry let's put it this way it's nice to be able to complain about something. It is. <laughs> so it is. I, I have missed it. You're not wrong. No. Well, and it's funny, right? It is, when you yeah. when you say that about the ending, and it's like, and this is how wrong this episode gets it, because we talk you just talked about how when you get to the end of a episode of uh, of I was about to say we're in the blood of Cracker, you're supposed to feel wrenched. Yes. And this this episode can't even earn feeling wrenched because intellectually of course this we know this guy's going to jail they can't even get us give us a reason to feel emotionally wrenched the way the show is supposed to yeah we should have seen this little girl's parent yes do that at at her gravesite something some reason church something yeah just anything guys Let's check in with that priest again, the friendly priest again. Who the hell knows? But yeah, no, it's like when you can't even do the ending. More stories about Jimmy. Oh yeah, he can because it wasn't because yeah, no, they never got to the confessional because Jimmy wanted to go to the confessional, but then Jimmy left Mm -hmm. without saying anything. They never actually made it to the confessional, so technically he's allowed to talk. Yeah, he can talk about whatever, but but obviously he knows who Jimmy is, so he oh yeah understands a lot about Jimmy. Oh yeah, completely. You know, and then you know, under extraordinary circumstances, after someone has died, and then of course he committed suicide. At least he wasn't in his right mind, so he will get a Catholic funeral because oh yeah, Catholic. I mean, one hundred percent. I mean, not that that's brought up in the episode. I'm extracting. No, they're all Catholics, and they they're all Catholics who have been. Po- it's this community, and they're all Catholics who have been poached by this cult. Yeah, yeah, including you know Jimmy or whatever his name was. But yeah, uh, so I guess join us back here next week. <laughs> Hopefully, the next episode is better. Oh uh, well, fingers McGovern, crossed. Yeah. If if Jimmy McGovern wrote it, there's a really good chance. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, fingers crossed. The next episode is uh, amazing. <laughs> we can hope, but we can you know, only I mean, hope. You know, we've we, we haven't we haven't had a bitch session for for, for a quite a while. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we're going to. Uh, it's I, I I'm confident it's going to get good again. I remember yeah. there being at least one more good episode, which I'm not going to talk about in case you don't remember it. Uh, but we'll get there. I, I don't actually remember which episode or which season it was, but I remember there being another really good episode. Yeah. Okay, I will tell you one. It's it's the one about the the one about the rapist. You must know the episode I'm talking about. Oh, it, yeah, yeah. Well, the one that caused the controversy, maybe, and that's maybe. the unbelievable amount of controversy. Are you kidding me? And um, maybe that's what got the show canceled. <laughs> Who knows? But there's an episode about a rapist that was. I remember being. Again, up there with Albie for one of the hardest things I've had to watch. And I get, we're going to find out if it's as powerful as I remember. 
Yeah, is that that's the one men men should screen? I think that's it. Yeah, it's called something like that. I mean, there are some of these that you just don't ever completely mention. Get out of your yeah. Yeah, there's. I mean, and I think that's what makes this one so make gets us so angry is that they had so much potential here to Mm -hmm. have made a powerful episode, and they gave us crap and they really did all of the pieces were there all of the pieces i can i can tell you as i said it's 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 like here's all these pieces you just had to kind of reorganize restructure a little bit mm-hmm. and you could have ended up and and stop making fit such a dick he is not a dick in his job he's no a he's dick not with his wife he's oh a he's a complete dick. he's a complete disaster in the rest of his life but but we didn't even see him job. gambling. We didn't even see him gambling. He hardly had a drink in this episode. No. What the hell were they thinking? You know, with no explanation. Because mm. all he was was raging angry. I mean, he threw the for sale sign in the back of his wife's car and broke yep. it. You know, yeah. and she says to him, she's, well, I'm sending you the bill fits. No more. You get yeah. the bill for this. And mm-hmm. then again, you know, and then at the end of the episode, he's still pulling up the stupid sign again. Well, give me a break. That's that's your arc for the episode. That's your arc. That, that's it. Fitz getting angry and then and then getting hauled off into jail, right? Well, yeah. they have the right to arrest him. Mm-hmm. You know, he's All right. being erratic. But anyway, shit. I know. I know. I agree. It was a bad episode. It was a bad episode. All right. So, uh... <laughs> We're going to stop complaining now. Hopefully you enjoyed that. Uh, If you (laughs) have any questions, if you have any comments, if there's any profiling related fiction you'd like (laughs) us to check out, drop us a line at profilingcriminalminds at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you're listening to this on some sort of an app or podcatcher, please be sure to rate and review. That's how people find out about the show. Uh, We are obviously, I think, going to be back here next time with the uh, next episode of Cracker. Fingers crossed. It's uh, magnificent. You know? Uh, with any luck, they'll be back on form when Jimmy McGovern returns from whatever caused him to be away. And uh, at some point soon, we're going to be talking the first season of Hunters. So yes. uh, I think that should be very interesting. Uh, definitely going to be very interesting. Oh, so you might have already heard it or it'll be. It's honestly, if she can get through all three episodes, the last three episodes tonight, we're going to be talking about it recording tomorrow. If not, it'll be delayed till next week. So there you go. Uh, but so you might have already heard us talking about hunters. And if you didn't listen to that episode, you should. I predict it's going to be really interesting. Yes, good. Right. Oh, yeah. All right. So we'll see you back here for that. Uh, but until then, I'm going to say that's right. Au revoir. Have a good week. Profiling Criminal Minds is a member of the Kinks Podcasting Network.